You are listening to the Therefore I Geek podcast, episode 108. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore I Geek. I'm Andrew. I'm the new Red Ranger. It's me. I'm the Red Ranger. I'm, I'm in charge. Uh, no, no. I called it. No. <laughs> That's true. You're definitely the Red Ranger, because you're gingery. I am gingery. <laughs> I'm very gingery. I'll be the Blue Ranger, because I'm kind of autistic. I mean, you've been accused of that before. Yes, multiple times. <laughs> In bars. <laughs> Mostly for being an engineer and a magician. Yeah, that's basically it. That was, that like, was that's good... just Like, what do you do? I'm an engineer and a magician. So you're autistic? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Didn't your first question response to that was, do you mean artistic? <laughs> I don't remember exactly what my first response was. I think I was like, uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. Like, <laughs> but it makes sense. I was like, I should go get diagnosed. Yeah, right. All right, so today we are going to be talking about Power Rangers. New, 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 new. And we are also going to be talking briefly here for about the new Justice League trailer and the fact that New York Comic Con this year will not be selling multi-day passes. Wah, wah, wah. Also, I just remembered something. What was that convention like from a few weeks ago? We talked about it like way offline that banned cosplaying. Oh, shoot. Bring that up when we have a moment. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to do that. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. But let's get right into comic-con first yeah so new york comic-con this is a want-want yeah this is a want-want so new york comic-con has announced that because the javits center is undergoing renovations and they will there will be some space limitations this year that they will not be selling multi-day passes they will only be selling single day passes to allow f- the most number of people to attend new york comic-con like keep in mind just what two years ago last year they had something like 130 130 70,000 people? What was their attendance? I believe it was 170. I mean, like, that's about as big as you can get. Yes. And and a, a lot of that had to do with the fact that they started selling single-day Thursday passes. Right. Now, I'm looking at the wiki page, and at the October Comic-Con of 2015 was 170,000 estimated. Yep. Uh, wiki does not have a estimate for October 2016. What was the, for- the 2014? Uh, 151,000. Yeah, that was the first year they started doing the single Thursday passes Mm because before that Thursday used to be a preview day for anyone who had bought three day passes and then when they started Mm -hmm. selling individual Thursday became a full day and they they started selling Thursday passes right I mean part of me misses those days but yeah me too I mean, you know, I'll be honest, at least, the, you know, the last two years I've gone was 2016, 2014, with them selling more single days and less of the, the weekend passes. I personally felt that the Saturdays weren't quite so insane as they have been in years past. Yeah, I'm trying to, I know I went in 2015. I think I skipped 2014. Yes, you did. And then I did 2013, 2012, 2011, all that good stuff. Yep. Uh, I did not go last year. I did not go in 2016. You did. I did. did. You? Yes. Yeah. I had a good time. Yeah. I mean, it's always a good time there, but it. this is, this is a a true fact that it's comic cons are going of this size are going to have to start dealing with is that their size has gotten almost totally out of control. Yes. And, and the problem I might be getting ahead of us a little bit, but the problem is how do you deal with that size? And it's it's either you're going to have to like raise your prices so that fewer people come because it's you're pricing people out or you're going to have to limit your tickets and that will lead you to, to another problem where you're basically having everyone who wants to go crowded around their computer ready to crash your servers all at the same time which has happened a few times right which has happened in new york since uh 2014 was the first year that really happened because i remember I, I still got 
passes 2013 several days after they were announced because i was in georgia at the time yeah i think 2014 is i also remember that it was just like it was like it's gone really all of a sudden just like that yeah no 2014 so 2014 2015 were were you know a lot of people complain about 2016 with the fan verification and mm-hmm. and the the key you know the, the the digital kiosk and whatnot i was i had more problems with 2014 and 2015 because on multiple occasions like their server just straight up crashed they, they wanted you to go to new york comic con's website and then it directed you from there to a different site and almost instantaneously new york site crashed yes and i can understand that you know 2013 when they started doing this and they had you know problem they had some issues but you know about how many tickets you're gonna sell like they they should have been better prepared server wise to handle that much traffic or not directed people immediately to their site and then their response just pissed pissed me off more which was oh we put a new link on twitter you should have looked at twitter yeah i don't have a twitter <laughs> i don't i mean we yeah we have one for that we have one for therefore our geek but like just putting something on twitter does not mean that you have successfully communicated information to everyone who should have it. Yeah, I was so. I'm, uh, did, uh, did we read the statement directly? They basically said this: uh, We will only be selling single day Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Sunday kids tickets to New York Comic Con 2017. You may or may, may not know that the Jacobs Javits Center is going to be under construction. This means we'll be working with some lim- space limitations, and we want to make sure as many people have the opportunity to buy a ticket and come see the show as possible. Selling single day tickets will give more fans the chance to buy a ticket for at least a day to experience the fun at New York Comic Con. So they're kind of doing the two things that I mentioned from the onset. They are limiting the supply and they are ostensibly jacking up the prices because the single day tickets, if you buy them, like if I remember correctly, if you buy single day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it is more than a three day pass. Yes. So that they're basically doing those two things. Problem I see with this is that they're still not going to fix the server crash issues or website crash issues that's been plaguing them for the last couple of years. I don't I don't see how that's going to get fixed. No, I don't I don't think they ac- actually see that as a problem. Hmm. Because if they had seen it as an actual problem, it wouldn't have gone on for 4 years. That's true. I mean, that's a good point. The other issue is the irony is we are dealing with some space limitations. Uh, the Javits Center itself at this stage in the game is your space limitation. And I don't mean that to say it's under construction. You had 100 170,000 people there in 2015. I was there in 2015. It was slam. It was very difficult to get around. And 2016 was no different. Right. And here's the other problem. As you well know, if you got a one day past New York Comic Con, when we were going in its heyday, in my opinion, it was its heyday, in the 2007, 2008, 2009, you know, that era, you could do it in a day. You could get a pass and see the show and and get around a little bit and enjoy it. That is not the case today. You, I, I do not believe you can enjoy the show on a single day as it is currently constituted. Yeah, that that is my opinion on that one. So New York Comic Con for 2016 claims over 180 thousand attendees. Oh, bananas, bananas, bananas. Yeah, I mean, so so especially with with New York, like San Diego, they're trying to figure out how to expand the convention center. Yes. And the Javits Center, there is a little bit of room for expansion. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I think there's a little bit, but realistically speaking, because it's in. 
what is effectively midtown Manhattan, mm-hmm. they are exceptionally limited for what they can do, what they, where they, they can they, expand. They're on an island located almost directly on the water. Right. And, well, and, and just a, a massively built up city island. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, I mean, New York keeps trying to, you know, they keep wanting to claim more and more attendance because they want to they want to beat out San Diego for attendance, which in terms of physical numbers, they have been for the last couple yeah, of ter- years. Yeah. In terms of raw numbers, they've done it. Right. But the problem is, and I and I haven't done this recently, but if you take the Jacob Javits Center and compare it to the San Diego Center, in, in almost every aspect, the San Diego Convention Center is bigger than Jacob Javits. Absolutely. I think, no, 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 no. Yeah, I want to say it's about a half million square feet bigger. I think the I only, yeah, the only area where I think it, it the Javits Center competes with it is like total overall space. So, so there's one area where it does compete, but that's that's about it. I, I don't remember. So let's just pull them up real quick. And, and at this point, I would also argue that the Javits Center is probably competing fairly well in terms of accessibility by mass transit. Now that the new Seven Line is in, this is no, that's absolutely the case. Although there was a there was a on Sunday this past year there was some kind of problem or accident down down the line and they had to they had to close down the Seven train. Yeah. Okay, so I was a little bit wrong. So if you compare the two, oh, that's right, it was the exhibition floor space. The Javits Center beats it out by a little bit, but in ter- total space, it's almost double. So let's just compare the two real quick so people get a feel for what we're talking about. Uh, Jacob Javits Center Conventions Jacob Javits Convention Center. Total space, 1.8 million square feet. San Diego, 2.6 million square feet. Exhibit Hall Floor, San Diego, 615,000 square feet. Exhibit Hall Jacob Javits, 840,000 square feet. San Diego Convention Center, breakout slash meeting, 123.4 thousand square feet. Jacob Javits, 103.2 thousand square feet. So, uh, like we just said, in every, almost every serious number, the San Diego Convention Center is bigger. Well, and where San Diego has the the benefit there is that San Diego can, ha- basically things can run next to each other and kind of in parallel. Mm-hmm. The Javits Center really is the convention, the exhibit floor is stacked on top of everything else. Yep, yeah. And, and also the advantage i think i think new york is starting to do this now but san diego has been doing this for a good long while is they because of the big hotels that are like around the convention center and there's many of excuse me there are many of them they've basically expanded the convention into not just the gas lamp but those hotels yeah whereas new york doesn't have the hotels and stuff nearby you've got to go five or six blocks either to madison square garden or i want to say the roseland ballroom yeah there's there's one of them i don't know the name uh hammerstein okay hammerstein ballroom and so they can go to those but those are still three to five blocks away each so yeah we'll see i mean i don't think i, I don't know if either of us have I, I know i don't have intentions of attending new york this year i don't really either i actually think i think new york's weekend is it going to overlap with some other commitments i've got mm-hmm. well but, i guess i guess the last thing to really put a, a finer point on this is this is a problem like a lot of conventions are going to start to have but i mean obviously this is an issue that new york and probably san diego and i really don't know how san diego's been dealing with is that you just you may just have to limit your numbers so and, I, know, I know what san diego's doing they kick the chargers out yeah that's that was the first that was the first in many good steps for the city as far as i'm concerned uh they can do to improve that but i look folks if you plan planning on going be prepared for buying the ticket to be a nightmare and then be prepared that you know you're gonna have to shovel out a bunch of money to go like to travel to to stay in new york and then maybe you'll enjoy a day or two now let's see if this brings down brings down the numbers any because this leads me to believe that really only the true believers you know in scare quotes are going to start going to this thing but the other problem is the those folks 
they're the ones who are going to have some money to spend. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And, and truth is, like, if you're going to New York, let's just be real. If you're traveling to New York on vacation, you already got some money to spend. Yeah. So anyway. All right. So the Justice League trailer, what did you think? You know, this movie looks really dumb, but um, it looks like it's going to be fun, too. I mean, they're, they're keeping Superman well out of people's view because I just have to believe that he's going to be in this in some some aspect. Right. Because at the end of Batman vs Superman, we saw like, you know, he's not really dead. I mean, look, that's not a spoiler. No, no one's surprised by that one. No. Here's my question for you. As little as I know about Marvel, I know less about DC. Who the hell are the bad guys supposed to be? It is Darkseid. Okay, it is Darkseid. We're doing Darkseid right out the bat. Yeah, I can't. I cannot remember the name of his like little minion things, but that's those are Darkseid minions that they're fighting. Okay. So I guess really the only question is like, what do you think of the people they've cast for this? How do you think they look? I'm I'm kind of on board with Jason Momoa as Aquaman. I, I am very on board with that. I really enjoy yeah. Jason Momoa. I mean, I've liked I him since like Stargate. So yeah, I love Gal Gadot. Yep. Just, just she's just great. So I I can't be partial like at all. I don't know anything about uh, Ezra Miller as Flash. So I'm going to have to kind of... I'm going to keep an open mind. I mean, I really yeah. like Grant Gustin as Flash on the TV show. Mm -hmm. But I'll keep an open mind on that one. Who's this guy playing Cyborg? Ray Fisher. I don't know anything about him. So again, I'm going to keep an open mind about this guy. Although I will say, Cyborg looks kind of hokey. Yeah, I'm hoping that's just because it's the first trailer and there's still some cleanup they need to do. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. I know I had the same thought about Cyborg. I'm excited for the movie. We'll see how it does. They are doubling down on the Zack Snyder look. Yes. I'm kind of done with the Zack Snyder look at this point. Mm -hmm. I can feel that. I've always dug it, but I can, I've I can feel I it have now. enjoyed it. I have enjoyed it in small doses. But like now that every DC movie is going to look that way. Oh, we should be fair. Uh, Zack Snyder is the director of this. So it is almost like we're saying... Zack Snyder is doubling down on the Zack Snyder look. Um, well, but Zack Snyder hasn't directed you know, a number of the other films. This is true, yes. And they all Which have that Zack Snyder look, though. I gotcha, I gotcha. But he is directing this one. Well, good for Zack Snyder. He gets a paycheck. This is interesting. It looks like it's gonna it's gonna be like typical Zack Snyder. It's gonna start off small and then just turn into Insane. giant mayhem. Possibly. It, just going through without, like, I don't want to feel like doing a trailer breakdown or anything like no, that. No, no. We see, like, some of the folks from Atlantis. We see what appears to be the Amazons charging an army of bug minion things. It looks like it's going to be pretty big. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be. They're certainly going for the epic scale. I mean, again, my only concern in general is that time travel. That doesn't bother me. It bothers you. Uh, I know. I know. Me. I know it bothers you. It doesn't bother me. That's not my problem. No, it's just we're jumping into this film without a whole lot of lead up to it. Correct. We've had Batman versus Superman. Or we've had uh, Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, and mm -hmm. we'll have Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. And then we're just saying, fuck it, we're doing Justice League. And then this. Yeah, exactly. Someone figured out this recently that just based on what has been released so far, there is nearly a week, six days and 15 hours worth of Marvel Cinematic Universe footage. That has been like released in film, in yeah, theaters. In fi well, in film and theaters, and I, I assume they're counting the Netflix series. I mean, Marvel's currently at 16 films. Since... Since Iron Man? Since Iron Man. Okay. I'd struggle a little bit to come up with them. Someone had put a, put together a picture of when the Spider-Man uh, Homecoming teaser tra teaser poster came out. They put up all of the Marvel teaser posters since Iron Man. There were 16 of them. So at this point, in order to get to Thanos, which is the, the quote-unquote the big bad guy in the Marvel Universe, you know, they're going to be at like 18 films, I think. Wow. And then DC is going to get there in four. Yeah. I mean, I think the middle ground is probably where we should have been. Yeah. Uh, even, I mean, even, there's definitely a number of 
of those Marvel movies we really did not need. Well, aside from that, they've also shifted their big bad, right? I mean, Marvel only had, I think, six films before Avengers. Correct. It's five, five or six, but... Yeah, I'll, 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 yeah, whatever. But yeah, but Loki wasn't the big bad guy. That was actually one of the early building blocks towards oh, I Thanos. See. I see what you're saying now. So you're basically saying, because it looks like it's going to be Darkseid is going to be the baddie for this one. Yeah. And he's the super baddie in the DC universe. Probably should have started with someone like Brainiac. Brainiac could be fun. I mean, you know, I want to see Brainiac in, the, in a film somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think Brainiac in a film would be awesome. That could be fun. Uh, it's not, not who I had in mind, but I, 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 you know, I, I'll, be, no, I'll be honest, I didn't actually have anyone in mind. I really had not thought the rest of that like finish that thought to its completion. <laughs> I didn't thought that statement through before I started it. It's okay. I mean, I, Brainiac was the only one I could come up with. No, Brainiac's a good. Brainiac's a good choice. You know, I will be honest. I am not all that versed on Justice League villains. I'm good with Batman. I'm good with Green Lantern. Justice League, not as much. That is something else to point out. There was no Green Lantern in the trailer. That is actually. I forgot to even mention that. You're right. No Green Lantern. I want. I want that, me some Green Lantern. I do too. But uh, we have to look into that. There might be some. I, I have heard rumors that he is going to be post-credit scenes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard the rumor that he's going to be one of the post-credit scenes. Okay, let's see how that works out. Now watch, it's Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> I hope it's Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll be honest, I don't think he made a bad Green Lantern. I just think that was a bad Green Lantern movie. Yeah, I would, I'm inclined to agree. Did you find the uh, article on the on the cosplay and getting banned? I found an article on it, so we can kind of go into that. Because I know we wanted to mention that. This was kind of interesting. We did. So there is a convention in Florida. That All is, weird things happen in Florida. Yeah, they really do called Elite Con. The convention actually happened almost two weeks ago. And they were advertising themselves as a premium collectibles market. So basically they were going, as they call themselves, are you an advanced collector of certified and raw comics, toys, Legos, pops, and pop culture related artwork? Have you soured on attending modern media driven conventions because they often have too few quality items you are looking for? Do Do you enjoy the hassle of long lines, cosplayers, crowded aisles, and endless rows of stuff you have no interest in buying mm. well as collectors ourselves we don't either what if there was a convention where the vendors were hand selected because of their quality of their merchandise what if your collecting interests were known to those vendors ahead of time so they could better tailor their show inventory to you what if everyone in attendance was also a serious collector with si- similar interests and you were free to network trade buy and sell with them what if now what is welcome to elite con that's the pitch for the convention so basically See, this is kind of cool right so basically what this is is it is a giant high-end comic and toy show. Yes. And one of the things they had posted, and this was about a week before the convention, says, just one week to EliteCon, so as a quick reminder, in case you missed it along the way, there is no cosplay allowed at EliteCon. We appreciate cosplay, but we wanted to keep the focus on the collectibles for our event. Thank you in advance to your adherence for the to this policy. And they caught unbelievable amounts of flack for this. Oh, that's amazing. So, in their defense, they have, from the start, said no cosplay is allowed. This isn't like an announcement a week before suddenly. They've just taken an epic amount of abuse for this policy and I I don't think it's warranted. You know, they, they have a very specific market they're looking for and they are catering to. I mean, they, they got accused of things like, you know, you shouldn't be allowed to call yourselves a con, quote unquote. And yeah, it's funny because usually when a convention like this ends up getting a lot of crap for what they're doing, inevitably someone from the show says something really dumb or just gets really... Gets housed, basically, after they say something stupid. They jump in and they just, they start blasting everyone and then mm-hmm. they get housed. Mm-hmm. First thing that happens is they get a lot of crap, then they they try firing back and it just doesn't work. You know, that's always a bad idea on their part. These guys, on the other hand, really, A, stuck to their guns, but B, were really kind of 
you know, reasonable about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they say no offense was intended. You know, they haven't said anything derogatory about cosplay. Uh, when they got crap about, the, you know, calling themselves elite con, con meaning convention or gathering of people. Yeah. You know, they made it known since day one. You know, of course, you know, people get, get on them. Oh, well, then nobody's going to attend your show if you ban cosplay. And they're like, we weren't looking for a big show. Sure. And that it goes back to our earlier point. Right. Um, apparently they got they got lambasted for using the word elite in their name. Uh, and they're like, look, elite is a reference to the collectibles, not elitist. Even if it was, who cares? <laughs> right. Although he says, he says, not elitist, even though that is convenient. That's the thing. You just got to kind of stand your ground and just tell people this is the show we're doing. Here are the rules for participating. This, If you want to be a part of this, fine. If you don't, there you go. Like, if you want to dress up as Iron... Like, I don't think these guys, if they have all these collectibles, want a giant Iron, you know, Hulkbuster Iron Man walking around the convention floor. The other thing they were saying is, you know, like A, we are not offering refunds because we've said this policy up front, but B, yep. we've had no requests for a refund the people who plan to attend this show knew what they were getting themselves into i kind of hope this is the future model is that the megacon model will start to peel off uh smaller convention shows to tailor to other people's wants and needs this is kind of the evolution of the convention, right? It used to be, this mm-hmm. is what it used to be. Yep. You know, maybe not quite as high end as these guys are aiming for, but, you know, it used to be people collectibles and like panels, and then it's slowly changed over the years. Right. And then this is kind of going going back to a particular a niche. Mm-hmm. I don't see a problem with with a niche show. I, no, neither do I. Once again, the internet gets angry for the sake of being angry. Internet is never happy. No. I don't remember who I posted that that on. I actually posted that on someone's Facebook page this week. They are talking mm-hmm. about the internet being angry, and I'm like, yeah, but can you ever point to a time in which the internet was happy? Like, maybe when it was two guys on, like, two computers, like, that, I, when that what, was the internet? What I liked is somebody did attempt to answer that. He's like, yeah, between 1997 and, then like, 1999, and then that was it. I don't even think they were then. I don't think so either, but I do remember. I, I did appreciate someone trying to answer that. A for effort, but, you know, that was still back in the days of dial-up porn, so I don't think anyone was actually happy No, I'm sure internet. no. Yeah, no. So, speaking of niche, I don't know how this how that well, that kind of segue that is, but uh, Power Rangers. Yeah, Power Now, yeah, I, was, I was trying to make a joke for internet porn there, and I got nothing. So, you and I were raised on the the original TV show. The very, very first that came to America. Right. I mean, I spent many recesses during third grade beating the crap out of my friends playing Power Rangers. And I got all the Zord toys because I thought they were adequate opponents for my Godzilla toys. Were they? No, Godzilla kicked the shit out of them. I'm just asking. Godzilla, son. So, obviously, this this is a movie that is, I think, really intended to bridge the gap between us and yes. uh, ostensibly what would be, you know... Next. The generation ne- well i would say probably our kids in terms of those of us who started having kids mm-hmm. shortly after high school or college right as opposed to like me who waited 32 or me who probably just isn't gonna reproduce i'm not seeing that as a bad thing <laughs> neither am i yeah i was like you're not either so nope yeah, it's basically, like, it's a kind of a reboot of the franchise. I mean, the TV st- show, as far as I know, is still going in some fashion. In some form or another. It's I watched a Watch Mojo video a couple months ago in preparation for, like, in kind of, like, lead up to the movie. Just to reacclimate myself with it. And it's, I think it did stop, but it's now functioning under a different moniker. You know, they changed up every couple of seasons anyways. They were all over the place. Yeah, and they were just new season names and new cast and all that kind of stuff. So, so in general, I, I'm I mean, I had fun with the movie. Yeah, the first two acts were, were all right. They weren't bad. And then the third act basically 
basically turned into an expensive version of the live action television show that I remember from when I was in third grade. And that was somewhat awful. As part of this, I, I didn't get a chance to, but I think in the next few days, I'm going to go back and watch the Power Rangers movie that came out when we were 12 like, or so. Like 1997 or 98. Yeah, I want to go back yeah. and watch that one again because... That was super hokey. Yeah, but I want to know how... I want to try... I want to like mentally compare the two. Right. So what do you think? Okay, so just looking at it real quick. So the original series that you and I grew up on, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, ran from 1993 to 1996. That was the one that I basically did. When that was over, I kind of just left the series. The movie was 1995, and then it became Mighty Morphin Alien Rangers, Power Rangers Zero, Turbo, a Power Rangers V, Power Rangers Turbo, Power Rangers in Space, Power Rangers Lost Galaxy, Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue, Power Rangers Time Force, glad i missed that one uh <laughs> power rangers wild force power rangers ninja storm power rangers dino thunder power rangers spd power rangers mystic force power rangers operation overdrive power rangers jungle fury power rangers rpm <laughs> power rangers samurai oh and super samurai power rangers mega force super mega force power rangers dino charge and dino supercharge and finally in 2017 we come full circle with power rangers ninja steel that's where we're at so of all of those i did 1993 to 1996 that was it i think i went slightly further than that but not much okay <laughs> so we are not experts in this one at all so as far as what i thought of this movie i was kind of jazzed for it and i know we kind of talked about when the trailer came out like the color palette kind of like a Zack snyder film was a little weird looking I don't know anything about the director or anything like that, but I was kind of like, all right, I'm totally ready to give this a try. Honestly, I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it. I had fun with this one. I, I, I don't really have any major complaints. There are definitely parts of the, of the movie where you're like, that was a little stupid, but you just kind of let it go because it is a Power Rangers movie. I honestly didn't hit the really stupid parts until the third, until they actually morphed. Really? Because there were a couple like before that that I was like, ah, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I do remember somewhere in the second, late first, early second act, I went, ah, that's kind of dumb, but whatever. The only thing I can think of is like when the when the train hit the, the van and the van went flying, I turned to my girlfriend's like, usually the train just eats the car. There's that, although, although at the same time I was going, they were like racing the racing the train, racing the train, racing the train. I'm like, oh, okay. And then they didn't make it. I was like, oh, okay, that's different. Well, that was actually kind of, I talked to another friend of mine about this, and that's kind of the cool part about this movie is that they do all the cliches, but there's like zero payoff for them. Right, right. So they like, don't, yeah, there's the, they don't they, actually successfully beat the train. They don't beat the train. And then there's that scene where Rita tries to turn the yellow ranger over to her side. And she's like, yo, this bitch tried to get me to join her side. Let's kick her ass. <laughs> right. <laughs> instead, instead of betraying her, all that kind of good Although stuff. I did so, like, I did like the fact that the kids showed up with like pipes and chains and shit. Like some kind of weird version of like West Side Story, you know, like, like outsiders. We're going to rumble. Right. <laughs> like what the hell's going on? So look, to me, overall, I enjoyed it. I would say the first third of the movie is kind of like a John Hughes movie uh, with a little bit of sci-fi thrown into it. And I thought it was fine. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate the sense of humor in the movie. Like it did have a real sense of humor. Like early on, you knew this was different when they were doing this prank with a cow for some reason. He's like, cow should be fine. I just milked her. He's like, you mean, you mean him? You milked him. Oh, well, yeah. Had an udder. Did it have one udder? And then they go look at it. He's like, oh, that explains why I really needed to use two. 
they reacted to each other's like humor. Yeah. Like they, they were they were aware that the, the, what they were doing was kind of weird. And I appreciated that throughout the whole film because you've got this like we're talking to a wall right now. I like that. And the second act is when it kind of started to get a little hokey because it's like, oh, these kids have 11 days to become Kung Fu masters. OK, fine. We could do that. I mean, they got powers. They're they're jacked all of a sudden. And they break yep. they break toilets. So sure. Um, I did like the, the one sequence they rip off, like almost directly from Drunken Master is where the, the two girls are fighting over like this last piece of tapas or whatever it was. Yeah. And then like, I think you're absolutely right. The third act was just a giant Power Rangers episode. And I was totally fine with that because that's kind of what I wanted. I think that's why a lot of people went to that. It was like, let's just do a Power Rangers episode. Just give me what I want. Bare bones. Fight the putties. Get the Zords. Fight the monster. Not be able to beat the monster separately. Become Megazord. Win. That's the flow I expected. But I mean, it really felt at times like it was the same Power Rangers episode. Like, I agree. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And there were there were times where it was like, okay, we, we probably could have improved upon this a little bit better, a little bit more. Maybe, but you know, maybe also if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, look, here's the thing. I don't know how your audience reacted to this, but that sequence where all the Zords were running in line and they played the, the original Go-Go Power Rangers theme, like that's the exact scene from the TV show. Like yes. they would always no, no, do I knew that. that. Right, they would do that. And the audience that I was with went bananas for it. I bananas. actually had a fairly young audience when I went oh, to go see it. So they didn't catch that. There were a bunch of little homages to the original show. Mm-hmm. When Rita starts talking about Make My Monster Grow, mm-hmm. uh, Zordon starts talking about teenagers. Yep. I mean, that, that kind of stuff I appreciated because, you know, it was just a lot of fun, for, you know, back in the day. I also think I, somebody brought this up to me and I, and I agree with it, is that this film did spend a lot of time, like, working on the characters of the, of the movie. No, it did. But, Especially more, I think, more than even the TV show ever did. Yeah, and I think that has to be appreciated because we really did try and get to know... As much of the five kids, uh, Jason, Kimberly, Billy, Zach, and, and Trini, as as well as we could, yeah. And before before like the action started, so by the time the action started, like we did believe these guys were like on on a team now. Yeah, I was somewhat disappointed with the fight sequences. You know, yeah, they were a little hokey. You know, especially when you get the like, like you talked about that that drunken master scene between the two the two female rangers. When you got that kind of thing, I was like, oh okay, oh we're gonna get some good fights later because that was pretty well choreographed. Yeah, and then it was like. Like, this is the same choreography as the TV show. Yep. That's very true. One thing I will say, this movie, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, it definitely went out of its way for inclusionary characters. It did, and I was fine with that, but sometimes they really, like, beat you over the head with it in a fairly awkward fashion. Like, for instance, Alpha 5 is, like, different colors, different kids, different color kids. Oh, yeah, that was was dumb. I was like, like, that's a little... That's a little awkward. Yeah. And then I will say the sequence around the fire pit with, with Trini either being gay or trans or something, I, that's fine. But man, that was about as heavy handed as you could make it. It was. No, it was definitely heavy handed. Although I think even being heavy handed, it was reasonably well done in terms of like you know, them, them just kind of making assumptions and like the kids making assumptions. Sure. And then... Zach's the only one who catches on. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Which is nice because, like, Zach really didn't have much to do in this film. No. I will say this much, at least as far as that sequence goes. Like, I did have an eye roll moment where I was like, okay, I get it. I have no problem with, like, a a gay or trans character. But my goodness, I couldn't come up. I was like, if I could try to come up with a more ham-fisted way to execute that scene, I don't think I could. Yeah. And it was nice to see that these kids all have, like, real kid problems. Yeah. The one thing that kind of took me by surprise was that Kim had basically been a part of a sexting scandal, yep. even though they never come out and say it. Right. I thought that was actually pretty sharp on their part. You know, they're in a 
fairly rundown crap hole town. Which is, we were, we were trying to figure out where this, where the hell this could be. Because I'm like, Oregon? Washington? Are we in Canada? Where are we? I don't know. You know, instead of, you know, back in the day when it was like super middle class suburban Southern California. But at least that kind of made sense because, you know, if you're going to have a monster show, they're going to attack the major cities. I mean, how many times can Angel Grove get attacked by a giant monster? I think we're going to find out. Yeah, I think you're probably right. In Marvel, there was a comic for a while called, um, oh crap, I'm drawing a blank. Basically, it was the company that rebuilds New York after all of the superhero fights. Yeah. Like, that's the Angel Grove has to, from the cart, from the, or from the show, has to have the same kind of deal. Like, same kind of insurance. Eventually, the insurers are just not going to cover it. It's right. like, nope, too many monsters. Or so, create monster insurance. So, I, I wanted to ask you this. The original Transformers cartoon was a little before our time. You and I both watched reruns of it, but it was 84 to 87. Yeah, basically started when we were born. Basically. But then, 4th of July, Bunchy years back you me chris and rich went and saw the original transformers yes yeah still a very you know very nostalgia heavy moment for for us sure how do you feel like that kind of movie compared to this kind of movie in terms of like same kind of quality well i think because like we were over 10 years later from the original the first michael bay transformers which by the way we're going to get another one (laughs) the quality of the films are definitely getting better and i wondered that as i was watching it the 1995 power rangers film like popped into my head yeah and i'm like you know you probably really couldn't have made a Power Rangers movie passable until like today. And it's just thing was go to superhero movies. I really think the technology had to catch up to the superhero genre. So I think today is probably like the best time to start doing them. And as far as the nostalgia factor goes, we've talked about this so many times because our generation has so much buying power now that they're just going to make movies that play on this kind of nostalgia. And, you know, we're going to we're just going to be getting these. I'm kind of fine with it. These are fun movies. Don't get me wrong. These are just I'm not saying these are great. Like, oh, my God, we need to be making more of these. These are so special. No, but these are fun movies that, yeah, oh, I remember that. That was pretty cool. And then I can go home and forget about them. So do you think we're going to get a sequel? Oh, I'm certain we're going to get a sequel. Well, I should pull back a little bit. What's the box office mojo? So So according to box office mojo, they're looking at just over 40 million for the weekend domestically and only about 18 million foreign, though I'm Mm. curious as how widely opened it is or how widely open it is foreign right now. Yeah, they pour those things out in stages. Yeah, but the budget was only $100 million, which surprised mm-hmm. me because I was expecting $150 million. Sure. And I'm going at a $40 million opening. That's that's tough. That's, yeah. At $100 million for a $40 million opening, the movie, I think, will at least break even. Who knows? I think maybe they'll try and see if they can make this up with DVD sales, certainly merchandise, and then maybe if they make it a franchise, like maybe this movie won't make its money back, but the franchise will net gain for the studio. That's possible. I mean, you know, we talk, this, this is Lion, this is Lion's yeah, Gate. Lionsgate. So, you know, they, we can do it for you crappy and cheap. Yeah, you got cheap crap, we can make it. <laughs> so speaking of the, the box office, though, Power no. Rangers came in number two this weekend. Yep. Behind the juggernaut that is Beauty and the Beast. Unbelievable. So this is Beauty and the Beast's second weekend, pulling in another $88 million, bringing the domestic gross to $316 million. Combined with the international, they are at almost $700 million gross. It's remarkable. And like For a production become... budget of 160 Yeah, so they've basically, like, they won this time. And, oh yeah. And what's amazing is if you compare it to like Box Office Mojo is comparing this to The Jungle Book, which I think is a fair comparison. I don't know how fair comparing it to Alice in Wonderland is, but No. Um it's I guess not, it's, it's all not. this well it's the same studio, Buena Vista, whatever it is. Buena Vista Productions, that's just that's all of Disney's releases. Yeah. This is three sixteen million on a six hundred and sixty million dollar budget. And then you look at Jungle Book, which I really liked and I thought was really good, released around the same time last year, maybe a month later. At this stage in the game 
at a, a ten day total was only at 192 million, and that was a that was a smash hit. Remember, I, like, I will say, Jungle Book was kind of a sleeper for a little while, though. I remember there was a there was a live action Jungle Book released when we were like fifth or sixth grade. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't very good. Okay. And then, so I was kind of ex- like, I think most people were expecting that, and then mm. slowly word started getting out that like, hey, this is really good. It, it was really good, but but really like when it comes to Jungle Book being part of that juggernaut of Disney last year if Beauty and the Beast is any indication Disney's gonna have another really good year oh I think so you have another really 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 good year and, well, and I mean, especially it. with episode 8 coming out at the end of the year yes yes and what Marvel do they got coming out this year they've got some Spider-Man yeah um Guardians of the Galaxy yep and Thor Ragnarok yeah they'll They'll, they'll do pretty good. No, yeah, they'll have another year of cleaning house, I think. That's just, I mean, that just blows me away. Because, you know, and I, like, I saw Beauty and Beast. The, the, the ladies did a podcast on it. Thought it was all right. I was surprised they went with the so heavy musical. Uh, musically, I guess is the word to say. That that surprised me. That doesn't, they, for Beauty and the Beast. They didn't do it with Jungle Book. It, do, it, it doesn't surprise me for Beauty and the Beast because there is a stage musical for Beauty and the Beast. I understand. But, I mean, like, it was one of those things where, like, for me, I, I was, I was kind of like, they did it very heavily. Because I, I personally was expecting them to do it more more like um organically yeah like with um like there'd be bands in the background doing the music like it would just kind of fit. it wouldn't be random people breaking out into song yeah uh, i do know what the hell do i know it, it worked I mean, what, right. what does it matter i do know I one was... of becky's complaints is was the uh be our guest you know for doing a live action film mm-hmm. be our guest basically was like shot for shot from the animated film and it didn't it just felt really out of place yeah i guess i mean it was it, again what the hell do i know like this freaking movie did fantastic right so it worked the wizards of smart it Disney. The Wizard of Smart did it at Disney and nailed this one. So, and then I mean, real quick, we just well, while we're on box office talk, Logan killing it with two hundred, yeah, two hundred million, and absolutely outperforming in like every facet the previous Wolverine movies. Well, it's because the previous Wolverine movies weren't very good. Yes, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're take, if we're gonna be that, really honest. Yep, take that, take that to the bank, kids. I mean, the they first suck. the first one was bad, uh, just straight up bad. The oh. second one had some better moments. moments. Yeah, yeah, but only a little bit and this one was good what's amazing to me is i'm looking at the breakdown for this you look at the production budget of the wolverine movies and they decrease as they go on so the first wolverine was 150 million dollars x-men origin right the wolverine was 120 and logan was a 96 96 yeah 95 96 million dollar production budget but it's grossed to uh, 200 million already, which is better than the previous two. Not combined, but but individual. I think we'll get to the com- we we may get to that combined point though at some point, not in the not too distant uh, yeah, future. No, also, and I really just hope they start taking taking note take, of that. Yes, yes. Now it's not doing as well as say Deadpool was, but there's still some time. I I, I don't think it's going to hit the Deadpool point only because I think Deadpool was something kind of novel for the the comic book sure. genre, and its production budget was like a third low, like you know two thirds of that. Oh sure. I mean, yeah, in terms of cost and whatnot, but yeah, I think just in general, though, I think even if even if it had cost the same amount, Deadpool was just a more novel concept. Yeah, people were just they desperately wanted something different. But I really do hope they 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 take that lesson. Have you seen the uh, the mock the mock teaser f- uh, poster for Deadpool too? I don't think I have. So if you've seen the one for Spider-Man: Homecoming, where he's nope. uh, so for Spider-Man: Homecoming, it's Spider-Man. He's kind of in his school. He's in his Spider-Man costume, but he's got a school jacket on with headphones, mm-hmm. and he's like laying in front of the river, and you can see like the New York skyline in the background for the deadpool mm-hmm. one like deadpool's like sticking out out like off from the side of the poster and you see him like he's obviously pushed spider-man into the river oh my goodness and then like you, you can you can see avengers tower in the background of the spider-man 
And then in the Deadpool one, there's a giant X drawn through the Avengers logo. I see the one where he's drawing on the bathroom. And I see one where he's, like, pointing the gun at a wo- toy Wolverine. I don't see it. I've been seeing this on Facebook, like, all day now. I can't fucking find it. Anyways, yeah. It, yeah, whatever. It, it's funny, though. All right. All right, so other than that, what have you been into? So I've been doing a lot of movies this week. I saw Life last night, and that was pretty good. Uh, the kind of sci-fi horror movie thriller with Ryan Reynolds and Jake Gyllenhaal and a few other people who I don't know, uh, never seen before. But it was pretty good. It, it, like if you've seen Alien or you used to watch The Outer Limits from the 90s, you've seen this story before. Yep. But it's not bad. It's it's well done. The special effects are good. It's suspense, suspenseful. It's you know it's not gruesome, so you don't have to worry about being really gory. But it definitely does play on your fears, and it's got I, I think. It, it has a great payoff at the end, so I would I would highly recommend it. I also saw Power Rangers on Friday. I saw Get Out, the the horror movie by uh, Jordan Peele. I say horror movie loosely because it really isn't much of a horror movie or a suspense film. And if I give you the plot of the movie. I give away the whole movie, but ba- basically it's the this interracial couple. This like white girl is going to bring her black boyfriend to her white family somewhere in upstate New York. Everyone but the girl, as it appears, is acting super weird, including their neighbors and their their black groundskeepers. And and the whole point of the movie is to figure out, I guess, why. Right. And and like this, this the whole layer of, of of race has been subtext of race is layered on top pretty heavily. I really don't think it was a that good of a movie. Like just as a movie, it just it didn't deliver. And the guy I saw it with when the movie ended, he kind of turned to me and went, "This is kind of overrated, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, it kind of it kind of is. It's a horror movie that's not very scary, it's suspenseful. It's not really suspenseful. And as far as like its gimmick, you know, in terms of the plot, it wasn't new either. Like I was like, I think we saw this with X Files too. So, but that's that's really about it uh, for that film. But it's doing really well. If we get back to box office for a second. That Bloomhouse Productions does these kind of movies where they'll make them for like five million dollars and they'll get like 130 million gross right and that's where that's where this one is at that's that's crazy yeah and i saw <clears throat> i saw beauty and the beast with the girl and she did the podcast on i thought it was fine i just don't feel qualified to really critique a movie like beauty and the beast because it's just not in my wheelhouse also as those of you who might be on the facebook page saw i bought the graphic or the trade paperback of the infinity gauntlet i'm i'm expanding my palette i'm going to try and have you vom- like, have you vomited yet not yet although i did laugh <laughs> really really hard in the beginning really hard and slightly inappropriately yeah just because of like the maybe we'll talk about if we ever do it but like the footprints in the very beginning of the book i just started cracking up because like i started thinking about that that footprint footprint oh. pro home <laughs> yeah i was just thinking, thinking of that and then all of a sudden you see the big thing that says god <laughs> it's not that funny and then uh i, I bought a couple new board games and because i'm going to try and cut down on my board game consumption because uh i'm out of shelf space so <laughs> we're, we're done but one of them was the one i ordered it was uh the commanding colors Expansion 2 and 3 for Ancients, Barbarians, and and uh, Roman Civil War. And I bought Star Wars Risk, which I would highly recommend people get. It's really fun. It's not like your standard Risk game. It's basically the Battle of Endor. I don't know why Kylo Ren is on the cover of this. I think that was just a marketing move because it has nothing to do with him. But it's basically just the Battle of Endor, and it's a lot of fun. Because that was the most fun of that move, part of that movie. So might as well just exploit it. Speaking speaking of risk, I unburied the giant version of like the obsidian version of risk. <laughs> yeah, I right. got from Barnes and Noble for five dollars years ago that we never played. Oh man, I always wanted to try that one out. It's, it's, it's in finally, such a huge box. I did like 
you may have done you may you may be able to sympathize with this i don't know maybe listeners can sympathize with this but i i did an impulse buy hard yesterday it was this game because again cut down on my buying this game was a hundred bucks Ooh. Uh, but it's called um fields of despair france 1914 to 1918 interesting and it is a world war one block war game and it just looked super badass and i was like all right i'm getting this so we'll see i really i i really hope it's good <laughs> and that's basically it for me i've been back to to more house cleaning finally got onto moving some furniture so uh the baby will have a room at some point here is he gonna be in kyle's room yep out with one baby in with another yeah <laughs> ouch boom take that kyle yeah for those of you who don't who don't know that uh dude kyle and i all live together in, in my house for all, all four of us were are all three of us were together for about four years uh, and kyle had about a year on either side of in addition to that but so i've been going through like random boxes of crap that have been like sitting around had just kind of moved their way around the house and it's like oh hey look look look, look at this stuff I had no idea this I had <laughs> no idea this was there that's cool I found a Pez dispenser that's probably you know 10 years old I don't know oh god the Pez still in it yeah it's unopened oh damn so, yeah, I, I was gonna say so later we're gonna try eating those oh yes I would absolutely do that like Pez are like Twinkies they survive right <laughs> made me think of Zombieland there yep that's the second time this week we, something happened at work the rule number one from Zombieland came up cardio is key cardio is key that's true i gotta work <laughs> my cardio uh, I gotta, you know, remember what cardio is. My cardio sucks. I unburied my uh, Xbox 360, so I think I'm gonna go back and play some old, like, Marvel Ultimate Alliance games. Did you ever finish your Assassin's Creed franchise? Oh, hell no. I wanna know how Unity ended, because I started it and never finished it. I haven't even made it that far. I never finished Assassin's Creed 3. Oh, damn. <laughs> because the only reason why I played Unity is because you bought it. Oh, no, I didn't buy it. That's the best part. That was the game. Kyle ordered the, like, Super Deluxe Edition. Oh, okay. And it was gonna be, like, a day... Like, it was going to arrive late because they fucked up shipping for some reason. Okay. So they sent him an extra copy free of charge. That's nice of them. To make sure he had it on, on release day. Gotta get it on release day. And then he didn't have to like send a copy back. So nice. Kyle, Kyle just came downstairs like, hey, you want a free copy of Unity? Yeah, I'll, I'll take free stuff. Yes. Yes, I would. Yes, of course, yeah. Why are you offering me a free copy of Unity? <laughs> so, yeah, so that's that's kind of what I've been doing. So I think looking probably in the near, you know, near future actually talking about Infinity Gauntlet. So I actually was also reading Infinity Gauntlet because that's where I am in my Infinity Gems uh, reading list. So I had, I had to go up to Barnes & Noble earlier today and pick up the last book I think I need for this whole fucking mess of a research project. Mm -hmm. So, alright folks, if you like what we do, make sure you head on over to thereforegeek.com check out our blog post and our podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and you can find this podcast and other podcasts like it on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. Meow, so, meow, 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 meow. so once again, I'm Andrew. I'm Duder. And you've been listening to Therefore Our Geek.